All right, everybody, welcome back to the Stay Tuned Sports Podcast. This is Andrew. I'm here with episode nine with Nadia Fingal. Nadia is a basketball player, professional basketball player. She is in her fourth year playing in Spain and in Mexico. She just recently signed with Valencia Basketball Club, which is one of the premier clubs in Spain and throughout Europe. So she's moving up the ranks, always has in her life, and an incredible person to talk to. So welcome, Nadia. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be speaking with you this afternoon. Thanks for being on. And Nadia and I met at Stanford uh, for everybody listening and have been great friends ever since. Staying in touch. Obviously, we didn't want to rack up the phone bill too much with her being overseas. So we were were kind of FaceTime when she was in a hotel with Wi-Fi, but Mm -hmm. has always been a good friend and excited to learn a little bit more about her. So we'll start with a little intro about you. Where are you from? Who's in your family? You got a big family, so. (laughs) That's true. Um, So yeah, hi everyone. My name is Nadia Fingal. I am a professional basketball player, like Andrew said. I, whenever somebody asks me where I'm from, it's always like a super interesting answer because I don't really have one. (laughs) I think that's a running joke amongst all my friends. When I meet somebody new, they're like, wait until you ask her this um but i am uh, my father's in the military so i've lived just about everywhere born in new jersey but have moved um around the states and overseas as well um during my 24 short years like andrew said big family uh i am the eldest of five kids um and yeah we just (laughs) <laughs> we're just growing all the yeah. time um, but uh, amazing experiences with the military and amazing experience with my family and my siblings yeah she's also got a couple andrews in the family so yes, they obviously yes. know how to pick a good name um, <laughs> but yeah nadia's moved all over the place which stands out to her character and probably makes you a better pro to be honest because you're used to moving around a lot so and that's that's a big thing as we've heard in prior episodes of just like as an early professional, you get shipped around and it's like year to year, you don't know kind of what's going to happen. But I forgot to mention in the intro, you were a McDonald's All-American, recruited to Stanford, obviously, and very successful. So I want to hear more about the meteoric rise of Nadia Fingal. And yeah, tell me how that started with the recruiting in high school. Yeah. So we, I started playing club basketball when we lived in California. Um, that was throughout my middle school years. And we then starting high school, we moved to Florida. Um, and I think that was around the time that I, I was like on places radar, but I was 13. So really nothing yeah. was happening at that point. Um, and then moved to Florida and it was kind of a struggle, especially in, in the panhandle. Mm-hmm. Um, football was king here, uh, for, sure. for sure. So yeah. It's yeah, it's really hard, I think, for a lot of other sports to really there the just the attention isn't placed on on a lot of other sports and certainly women's sports. Um mm. so trying to find a club to play with uh that could put me on a national circuit was a bit of a struggle to begin with, but I ended up finding an amazing club um with uh just amazing staff, Coach Kim at Essence Girls Basketball She has been one of my favorite people forever. Um, but she and the club have really helped put me on the, back on an, a national circuit and 
I think it was my sophomore year that I was in her house because we come from all over Florida with this club. So I lived in Navarre, which is kind of close to Pensacola and Destin. I don't know if anybody. That that means beach travelers, you know. Are you west west side or east side? We are. We're West. So we're like Northwest Florida is our, is our, is okay. our thing because we have to travel. Like, I think we had practice in Miami that weekend. So I mm-hmm. stayed at her house overnight to like drive down to Miami the next day, yeah. um, which was insane thinking about it. But uh, she was just sitting there and she was like, do you want to go to Stanford? And I was like, um, duh, I want to go to Stanford. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, and she was like, yeah, you know, the, the coach from Stanford just texted me and she was wanting to see if you're interested. I was like, yeah, for sure. Set that up right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was just like at that moment, I didn't, I mean, I, of course I didn't know kind of what would come from that. And I mean, I'd watched Stanford, like I said, we lived in California. So watching the schools that were close by UCLA, USC, and then knowing yeah. I mean, they competed against Stanford at, at that time, NECA and Cheney were there, like. Jane yeah. Appel, watching all of these amazing athletes that like played my position too like that was uh, Stanford was like so far off <laughs> like it wasn't even on like my radar yeah but it's great that was the same with me honestly like I I had heard of Stanford obviously because they had Jordan Morris at the time when I was being recruited he was like the best college soccer player ever yeah. and I was I was on the east coast so I was like oh like I'm not gonna look it there but worked out and they reached out to our coach and reached out to me and it just it's kind of works out like that um but I forgot to ask an important question was it always basketball for you did you have other sports I know your family plays multiple sports but what about you were you always yeah, basketball we have track we have volleyball in our family for now hopefully we'll see what my little brother ends up doing but um I was a very unathletic kid <laughs> we'll say that <laughs> So my my parents always tried to like keep us active. So I ran for a little bit, hated that, not gonna mm-hmm. lie. Um, we did, did like tennis. I I think I swam when I was little. Okay. Um, but basketball is really, I started basketball when I was like 10. It was really way for me to make friends initially. And I just yeah. kind of stuck with that ever since. I think my only other kind of dip into another sport that was like, substantive was uh volleyball I played volleyball JV volleyball my freshman year I loved it I wanted to keep playing but basketball was what I was actually good at so yeah. <laughs> stayed with that. her perspective Nadia is 6'3 she somewhat towers over me which is funny a little bit you yeah. know um so volleyball makes sense as well and your position is what are you still forward or... yes and that yeah. hopefully stays that way yeah yeah, yeah. um and then I want to go back. Thanks for that background. I actually, I didn't even know that. I learned that about you right now. You know, um, every day. Keep but, it fresh. But for your relationship with your coach, I think that's an important part to talk about with people. It's like so important as a athlete, like youth growing up to establish really good relationships with your coaches and teammates. Because like you said, they're your biggest advocate. They're the ones that the college coaches are talking to. Mm-hmm. So that's I think a testament to you and I think a lot of other people that are successful is that they are a good person too so do you think that that's a big part of you as a player also like forming those good relationships and has that helped you a hundred percent like there is there have been so many times where I mean just just being good to people is is paramount I think Mm -hmm. you never know 
when your name is going to be brought up in a room that you're not in yet. Yeah. And, and really uh, cherishing relationships with coaches is, has been something that has really, I think helped my career a lot, but there, there are a lot of good people that God has put in my life that have opened a lot of doors for me. Um, Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, my advice for all high school athletes, middle school athletes, even college athletes, like cherish those relationships. And a lot of people, there are a lot of people out there that that want the best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, find those people and and really cherish the relationships you have with them. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I couldn't agree more. I think you said it, said it perfectly. And really, like at the end of the day, they're there to help you. Right. So like they're coaching because they love the game you might not love them per se. Like, I know it's a common thing for players to be like, Oh my God, like I can't believe our coach did this. Blah, blah, blah. You're not, you're not going to like them hundred percent of the time. I'm right. never saying that. I've never a hundred percent like every day enjoyed the time with my coach. I mean, yes. my first coach was my dad, <laughs> you know, I love that man, but sometimes. Yeah. yeah sometimes I go, <laughs> but, but like, nonetheless, it is really important to realize too, that for most sports, not every sport, but they're the ones putting you on the court too. So be a little strategic, always try to be as nice as you can. You're very good at that naturally. Some people might have to fake the smile or whatever, but I think that's a really important fact that we can hit on there. And then let's move on to from there. So did you go from Florida to Stanford or did you move again before that? Yeah, I went from Florida to Stanford and then my family went from Florida to Virginia in the same suburb. So yep. <laughs> didn't go back to Florida after, after I left, after I graduated high school. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just had to get adjusted to a new place. Uh, yeah. And then, so you got to, got to Stanford. Mm-hmm. Where was the program when you came in? Like, were you coming into it? Obviously they were really good with the twins and like before you came in, but where were you when you came in as a freshman? Yeah. So personally, I mean, I was coming off of two all-star selections with uh, other people in my class, um, Dijanae mm-hmm. and Anna and we had Michaela coming in with us who played for the Canadian national team. Um, so we were, I mean, I felt like we were a really good class, but yeah. there were also so many women on that team that were doing some amazing things. I mean, I can never forget our senior class that year, uh, Carly Samuelson, Bree Roberson and Erica McCall. I mean, all American material, um, yeah. Yeah. just three people that were, I feel like they kind of gave us different leadership qualities. One worked super hard. I mean, they all worked really hard, but one led mm-hmm. by example, one, her IQ was off the charts and the other was like our energy person, you know? Yeah. You need so, both. That's for sure. There were, there were a lot of uh, very good people that were, that were kind of like ahead of us as freshmen. But I think mm-hmm. that, I, I think being at Stanford really showed me how to find your role and mm-hmm. fit that role yeah. on every team we got humbled I'm not gonna lie we got humbled <laughs> but yeah. on every team you're not gonna be the principal person mm-hmm. um so it's definitely a shock you have to grow physically you have to grow in in your in your spirit and your emotional intelligence you have to grow with your skill with your IQ um so it's definitely an adjustment a, a big adjustment but uh definitely a lot of a lot of hard lessons learned but a lot of really fruitful lessons learned yeah, definitely. And you guys were pretty successful. You won two Pac-12 championships in what I think was the hardest division in women's basketball, right? Would you agree with that? It's up for debate, but what's the other what's the other competition? It's it was usually um, right now. Was it ACC? 
I think ACC was for a while, and I think now it's shifting to the SEC. I mean, they had yeah. two teams in the Final Four this past year. Um, a lot of big names transferring into the conference. So we'll see. We'll right. see how the Pac-12 favors this year. Yeah, but obviously did did very well. Had a really successful team. One thing I want to cover, obviously, we got to get through a lot in a short amount of time. But you, so you won the Pac-12 championship, and then you ended during COVID, right? Yeah. yeah. So talk to people about that. What that was like going through through it as a senior, like as somebody who's trying to like have their last like hurrah and go out on top, and COVID happens. Right. So. Um, yeah, it all kind of happened at the same time we were playing in the Pac-12 championship against Oregon and we were super excited because they canceled classes, in-person classes, and we were like, sick, we're yeah. going back to school <laughs> and we don't have to go to school. Um, yeah. And then literally, I think two or three days later, we were going home and that was a shock. That's when... right. So it was during the tournament, right? Yeah, they didn't. So they didn't even, we didn't even get to the selection show for March Madness. Like right. they canceled everything, like no March Madness, no nothing. Um, so it was at, right after our, our conference tournament and like a few days later, Tara called us all into the locker room and was like, Hey, get where you need to get. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, but just get home or get where your family is, find something and leave this camp, the yeah. campus. And that was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. I think in that moment you can't even like process. Like, I mean, obviously we were all sad we were all in tears we were all like kind of confused and shocked and like yeah. kind of what do we do what do we do with our stuff like i'm a senior yeah. <laughs> is all my stuff gonna get thrown yeah. away but yeah it was emotionally physically mentally that was one of the toughest probably the toughest thing i've, I've had to go through um is yeah. kind of getting that you know, like that last moment mm-hmm. that you have to save your college athletics taken away yeah um, but also in the global context of of a pandemic you know you go from it's not like oh yeah well I could still see my friends or right I was at home I mean luckily I was with my family but it's like Mm -hmm. you're so isolated yeah you have a fun family but it's like positive and negative too there's a lot of energy in the the Fingal house so (laughs) for sure yeah Um, it's an interesting experience for sure but yeah I mean for me I I obviously stayed an extra year after Mm -hmm my senior year and you really yeah like you start to count down the days of like okay this is gonna be my last game my last practice but you just got it like cut up cut in half and just like stopped and how do you how do you feel as a team that year do you think where do you think you would have went hypothetically in the tournament I mean would you have been like a but for people to know would you you would have been like a two seed right or a one seed I think at that point we were either ranked six or seven. So we probably would have been a two seed. Um, We unfortunately lost in the Pac-12 championship, but um, yeah, we would have been a a one or two seed hosting at home for regionals um, or for the first two rounds. And I honestly, I think we could have made it to the final four that year, um, depending on what region we were in, but Mm -hmm. we'll see. (laughs) I mean, well, we can't see really. (laughs) Yeah. It is March Madness, so you never know. But you guys were very, very good. I was obviously a big fan during my time okay. there. I would come to all of Nadia's games and watch them. And it was really like Stanford women's basketball sells out. Mm-hmm. Always has been good. The men's basketball team always lets us down. At least in the past decade. They might pull up like an upset, but that's about it. But so then from there, you'd pack up, go home. 
how did you decide and come to playing professionally? Yeah. So uh, I didn't know what I was doing for a few months Um, Mm -hmm. for women's basketball contracts are signed February to like May. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was August at that point when I decided that I wanted to get representation and start playing. So I was really, really late to the game. Um, But luckily I found an agent that suited my needs. They've been pretty good to me so far. Um, and and they got me my first contract. Um, I arrived like four months after season started because of visa problems. Um, but that whole like just the fact that they were able to find me something in the middle of a pandemic, like three months late, like I I mean it it was God at that point. And to be in the city that I was and with the team that I was with, like that was a, a blessing for my first time yeah. and with everything that was happening. Definitely. So where'd you start? Where'd you sign? What city were you in? Yeah. How many so, times had you been outside the country before that? Like yeah. All this stuff. I mean, so my well, to begin, my parents are immigrants. So mm-hmm. uh we've gone to their home islands in the Caribbean multiple times. Um and then we spent like three and a half years living in Japan um for my dad's oh, that's right. Yeah, forgot about that. That's crazy. I've I've had my fair share. Like I mean, in one non English speaking country, but I've had my fair share of time outside of uh, outside of the country. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, so my first contract was in Valencia, Spain. Um, I'm actually returning to the same city, not the same. Well, I was signed with the club, but I played for their second division team. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like soccer. you're speaking speaking soccer terms oh yeah you know it's it all works the same in europe like everything all the terminology is the same i don't know what we're doing here in the states but (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah i played on their second division team um but i was able to practice with the first team and i think being able to practice with them i Mm. mean again like i said their valencia basket is one of the premier teams in europe so practicing with them gave me the confidence that i needed to play in the first division in spain the next year um, yep. so I played for Valencia slash no basket Paterna in my first year. And then my second year and third year, I played for Movistar Estudiantes in Madrid. So, um, cool. that, that all, that, that first year, um, with the Valencia and with Paterna, it really set me up for, for the next two years to come. How's the adjust adjustment? Like how was your Spanish speaking ability? Were there, were there a bunch of Americans on the team? Sometimes there are. What was the situation? So yeah, my first year, there were three foreigners. Everyone else was Spanish. Um, Alex, she was Serbian. And then G, my girl, Georgia. It's actually her birthday today. Um, so, but happy birthday, from, Georgia. She's from uh, Great Britain. So we all lived together in an apartment. So we kind of like went through the adjustment of having to learn words. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I took some Spanish classes at Stanford. So I was like, all right, I know how to order food. <laughs> I know how no. to say right and left. Um, and kind of going through practice, there are a few girls that played in the States. So they knew English and they helped us tremendously. Uh-huh. Love them. Thank you so much, guys. Um, but as you continue practicing, you learn the words. I mean, you hear yeah. the same basketball words all the time. So at least practice mm-hmm. became easier as time went on. Yeah. Was there a was there a bunch of like Spanglish or was it just all in Spanish? No, it was all in Spanish. Okay. And European Spanish is very different. So it is. <laughs> it is. It. Yeah, it definitely is. 
but that's, I mean, what a cool experience. How would you say your proficiency is now, now that you're a couple years in? Okay, I'm at a smooth A2 proficiency. Okay. <laughs> Out of like, there's A, B, and C levels, and each yeah. level has a one and a two. I'm I'm definitely A2, scratching B1. Okay. But I'm working on it, you know? I'm, yeah. I started taking classes last year because I could afford them. And nice. Um, it's been going well so far. So hopefully, you know, I'll come back on the pod to be fluent. Definitely. That would be that'd be fun. I will I don't know if I'll be able to hang, but you could <laughs> you could maybe lead it. So after your first year, was there any like moment or game that stuck stuck out to you as like I played so well, like this is kind of what set me up for this next one? Was it a tournament, anything like that? You mean like during my professional career or during college? Professional. Sorry professional like the first year because it, it takes a lot to get like promoted in the professional level uh, or is it just your stud the whole season <laughs> honestly I came in and, and because I hadn't played since March and it was mm-hmm. November at that point I struggled um mm-hmm. I really think honestly like what what showed me I I was okay was those practices um with the with the first team um yeah. And honestly, like if you ask me to pick out a particular game or performance, that first season, I'm telling you, it's like a whirlwind. Like I, <laughs> I <Yeah>. don't. <laughs> I try to go back and like pick out. Oh yeah, we played this team at this time. I can go back and I could like see the game, but remembering how I personally did. Oh, yeah, that's funny. I I'm kind of I'm kind of the same way. Like when mm-hmm. I play sports, unless something crazy happens, like if I score a goal, obviously I remember. But like. I kind of zone it, zone in and zone out, like, and then it just happens and you play well and you move on. But I don't remember everything perfectly there. So I kind of actually relate with you a lot there. When people ask me about a game, there are some people that can just say, oh, yeah, in the 50th minute, he played a ball on my right foot and I did a move and I'm like, what? But obviously you did well. So we all know that because you got called up again. So what was your the second move? Is this the second move, or was there one before that? So yeah, I start well. I started in Paterna, and then I spent. Uh, I moved up to the first league, and mm-hmm. I spent two years on at the same club. Um, so I just yep. finished this my my time with them in April. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was, I mean that again was an amazing experience to be in Madrid. Like I met yeah. so many amazing people, and to kind of like really that really felt like my first like it was my full profession is my first full professional seasons. Um, yeah. So. Those were incredible. Um, love, love the people at that club. Will always. Um, yeah, now I'm now I'm playing for Valencia, so it feels uh, on the first team. So it feels yeah. like a, a it's really full circle. Um, yeah, that's awesome. That's such a good feeling to like be training yes. below and then like actually making it. So satisfying. It's like going from being a freshman at Stanford, I guess, and then. Yeah. Not, not playing at all or redshirting and then you're like the starter you're like this is crazy but one thing I think people would probably like to know is what's what would you say is the hardest was the hardest transition for you like going from college to pro like what's mm-hmm. the biggest difference um I think being being like okay so what I said about being a role player for Stanford was mm-hmm. it's it's a really important thing to understand um but i think i being in in the same system for four years teaches you to play a certain way i think and i knew what 
I needed to do in our system to mm. make Stanford win games and to help Stanford be successful. And I think, I mean, I did, I worked, but I, I think I worked tailored to that. And then mm -hmm. breaking outside of that and getting used and adjusted to a new style of, of basketball. Yeah. European basketball is completely different. Spanish basketball is completely different than the basketball I played in, in at Stanford. So I think really just becoming, um, not being a Stanford basketball player anymore, but just mm -hmm. breaking out of that and becoming a basketball player. There are yeah. many things that, I mean, I don't take my time at Stanford for granted. There are so many things that I learned, yeah. but you kind of had to leave behind the Stanford system. Right. And I don't think that was something that I had necessarily thought about um, yeah. coming into, sure. into my professional years. So yeah. it's still, you know, I'm still working through some things. Like, I mean, I, my time at Stanford was, it helped me so much. Yeah. Um, and there are things that I want to carry with me, but like you really, you have to continually adjust to um, new teams, to new systems, uh, yeah. to different teammates, which is also another thing. It's like, you're not, mm -hmm. you're maybe at a place for one year, two years, right. three years, if you're really lucky. Um, so <laughs> yeah. having to continually adjust, breaking out of the college mindset, but then also continually adjusting to, to new everything pretty much. Yeah. I'm sure that's, I mean, that's gotta be the same for every sport, every team sport, at least like, because you have a different coach, first of all, like your coach sets the tone of this is how we're going to play. This is what we're going to do. And then you have different teammates, like you said. So that's a huge adjustment that I think people should like really understand and focus on. Like don't, cause it's the same way for us as like Stanford soccer players. We played a very specific way, very different than most teams and adjusting to the pros is sometimes hard because we worked so well as a like defensive unit that once you go to the pros like pe like people don't really defend so you're like kind of yeah. stranded you have to figure it out but you will obviously but very different styles and I'm sure even the way that like the strictness of how the coach handles things as a pro is way different than it was at Stanford so <laughs> yeah. yeah so a lot a lot of changes but I think that's that was a really really good point um for people listening just to like understand that's a huge thing to consider. Um, but in terms of we're getting closer to nor normal, like recent times, um, what have you been doing recently before you go back out to play again this season? What, what have you been staying tuned to recently? Oh, um, <laughs> <good fun. laughs> so this summer, um, well, I took a break. Honestly, I took a nice, nice long break um I had played for over a year straight I think how many months 19 months um without a break for that was longer than like two weeks so and no injuries no injuries praise so, god oh my yeah, god let's let's not pass right. that fact right. that's impressive that's, that's incredible um yeah I maybe missed I didn't miss any games actually wow. with any so yeah, that was insane. Um, but yeah, I took a nice long break and I've been getting back into into things and I'll be actually headed back to the motherland, back to Sanford um, yeah. in a few days uh, so I can train there and train with the team and um, get get my summer really, really, really ready. 
Awesome. Did you figure everything out? You got a place to stay and all that? Yes. Okay. Crazy. We, we didn't check. We didn't, yeah, we didn't check in before that, but Nadia was like, I don't have a place to stay yet. So I want this to happen. I don't know where I'm going to train if I don't. So buy the flight and let God provide. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But we got it done. We got it done. Yeah. So also your siblings are very impressive in their own right. Mm -hmm. Did you, did you say somebody's graduating recently or is, or what's the deal with with your sister? We had three, three graduates uh, literally in a week, um, two weeks ago. Okay. So yeah, the twins graduated from high school and Morgan graduated from the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Very cool. And she's going back for another year, right? Yeah, she'll be taking her fifth yeah. year. And she is an incredible volleyball player. Yeah, she's honestly yeah. a better athlete than I ever was <laughs> and probably ever will be. Um, she's <laughs> amazing. I am just like so happy for her. I love watching volleyball. I love watching her play. Um, so yeah, I couldn't be prouder. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, if they take after you and you're the oldest sibling, I think they should be pretty good. That's the way I like to think of it. The oldest has to test everything out and like, and then the younger can train with you and they get all the athleticism and competitiveness, but I'm glad. They got the, they got the lion's share of the athleticism. I don't know what happened. (laughs) Yeah. Goodness. Um, And where are you right now? Right now? I am in Panama City with my family. Um, we've lived here for, I think, has it been two years? I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we've, so we're like probably like an hour and a half from where I went to high school, which is pretty cool to be back in a, a area that we know a little bit. Yeah, that's awesome. That's like a thing that you don't get very often, I feel like. Um, no, not at all. But I guess to to wrap it up, just give general advice to athletes and aspiring people in general that you think will help them on their pursuit of excellence in sport and just in life from what you've learned um for some as somebody who has undergone an acl tear um as somebody whose last season in college basketball was taken (laughs) from them because of the pandemic Mm -hmm. um i i quickly had to learn to really cherish your time um yeah cher- or just cherish my time playing uh and like the little moments that suck honestly you're gonna look back at those and when you're when you're like either not playing anymore you, or you're just like you know like looking back on on certain times you're gonna look at those moments and be like dang that really was bad but wow, like I had the opportunity to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I was able to use my body to play sports. I play, yeah. I freaking play basketball for a living. Like, like that yeah. is that is something I just don't ever want to take for granted. So I think as cliche as it sounds, really like try to, to be really conscious of, of your appreciation for what you do, um, whether it's playing sports or you're just in a season of life where you're doing, where you're doing anything really. Like yeah. if I could go back and study and go to like FCA with you guys again, you know, it, or if I could go back and be sitting in green library with my friends again, I would do that. Like those are times yeah. where I'm like, dang, I have to go study or, I mean, it's like 
eight o'clock on a Wednesday and I'm tired, but you know, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm here with, with people that I love and maybe not doing something I really super enjoy, but I like looking back now, like I would love to have those moments back. So yeah, um, yeah definitely, definitely taking, cherishing your, your relationships, cherishing your time that you, that you have, because you really, you really never know. Um, yeah, definitely. Happen, so I think that's a great one. I think that's definitely what people need to hear too. Like you're learning a lot. You're trying to progress, but always have joy with it. Like, and cherish, cherish moments. Cause I mean, for me, yeah, like I'm done now. I got hurt. Um, and yeah, I cherish all those moments for sure. But I think it's, it's hard to do in the moment, but the more you can do that, the more fun you'll have. And the more like, honestly, probably the more free you'll play, right? Because you're just enjoying yourself. So that is a two advice from Nadia. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, just kidding. We're gonna I call said it. it a- Spanish if you gave me time, you know, I could have used my Google Translate. <laughs> We're gonna call it A plus advice because that was really good. And thank you again for coming on. This was another amazing episode. Everybody else, stay tuned for more. But awesome to hear the basketball perspective from a very well established professional. Now, thank you, Nadia. Yep. Thank you, Andrew. All right. See you guys soon. Bye.